It has been a strange few days living in Texas, specifically DFW. For those of you that listen to the show, you know this is where we broadcast from. Uh, and it has been amazing. As of last night, 2.7 million homes in the state still without power. Um, businesses have shut down pharmacies. This store is temporarily closed. And the answer for what happened in Texas in particular, we don't know. Eh, we don't know. It got cold out and the storms hit and sure we saw it coming, but we didn't, we didn't think anything of it. So all 254 counties under winter storm warnings at the same time, according to the power company, it takes more energy to keep homes warm when it's cold than it does to keep them cool when it's hot. Huh? So when it starts to get cold out, we should be prepared. Apparently the electric grid didn't have winterization measures. Eh, I don't know. And there's apparently more competition for natural gas in the winter. Huh. So there we are. Now, fortunately for us here in the area that I live in, we never lost 100% of power. We only lost power for, you know, an hour and then it would come back on and then it would go off and then it would come back on and then it would go off. And I will say you're very thankful. And I was very thankful that it was off and on instead of just off during this time, since it was so freaking cold. And so your house, you know, every hour would uh, start to just really get cold and then the power would come back on and it would warm back up a little bit and then power would go off and then it would warm back up a little bit then it would go off and uh so i mean very thankful i mean my son who lives south of here in austin area of texas completely out of power shut down i mean he was putting his two daughters in the truck and turning it on and driving around to keep them warm. And that's when we decided you just come in here. So, and they were looking to maybe get a hotel. <laughs> I got news for you. If you were, uh, able to get a hotel, they were without power too. So that's a problem as well. And, uh, you know, so it was here and you become thankful for that hour when the power comes back on. The good news though, is that during that process, then they said, Ooh, yeah, uh, we're the water plants are all frozen down too. So if you have water, you should probably boil. In fact, not probably you should, uh, and don't take showers or anything. Just boil the water that you need. If you're able to have fire, which we fortunately have gas, which never went out. I'm, I, I'm just, we were very lucky, very lucky. Many places had pipes burst and water burst and everything else. So far, as of today, for those of you listening live on the 18th of February, 
2021, we have we never lost 100% of power, you know, for more than an hour, an hour and a half. I feel like at night they turned it off for a little bit longer, uh, you know, to rotate the power so it wasn't just one big drag and lose it completely, which, again, I was happy for. Good move on the power company. At least if they weren't prepared, they at least saved it, right? And they saved themselves a little bit by going on and off, rotating, rotating blackouts or brownouts or power onages. Yeah, you can quote me on that. Yeah, it was rotating power onages. We weren't shutting you off. We were turning it on every hour or so. And then during the day it was, you know, you'd look at that clock and it'd be like 60 minutes and it would be 62 minutes and then boom, it would come back on. And then yesterday it started to be 45 minutes and we were like, whoa, hey, what's going on? It wasn't off an hour. It's back on for 45 minutes. And then yesterday afternoon at some point, it came back on. It was mid-afternoon and it never went away and we haven't lost it since. So, you know, good. And uh, apparently uh, back in Austin, the power is back on where my son lives and they have water. Uh, we have water pressure here, so apparently as long as there's water pressure, but we haven't got the go-ahead to not boil water yet, so I'm not sure if we're still showering in uh, possible, you know, rash water, so we haven't done it yet. <laughs> I want to, too, man. Man, do I want to, and I think I'm going to today, whether I get the go-ahead or not. I just won't. We're just going to shower and wash off. And, you know, you get a rash on your body, you get a rash on your body, but it's going to be very difficult. You know how you spray shower water in your mouth and you're just going to have to avoid that, or I am anyway going to have to avoid that, which will be difficult, but doable because one must be clean. You can quote me on that as well. <laughs> so we'll see what happens here in DFW today. Apparently it's still... You know, it's really cold out, so I don't know if it's going to warm up to make it able to move around. I mean, the neighborhood roads are all ice, but the main roads, I'm told, are fine. So if you can get out of your neighborhood without, you know, crashing into your neighbor's cars parked on the side of the road or sliding up into your garage when you pull into the driveway because it's all ice, then, you know, once you make the main road, you're fine. So maybe you just park, I don't know, three or four blocks away from the house on the main road and walk in you know what? That might have to happen. Anyway, welcome to Chewing the Fat. Let's talk about something that happened yesterday, the 17th of February, 2021. 
the death of Rush Limbaugh. Just for a little bit, let me touch on it. I don't want to bring you down too much. I'm sure you heard the news, and if you didn't, we lost him. Rush Limbaugh uh, passed away at 70 years of age. I remember last week talking to uh, a couple people at work, Glenn and Pat, and I was saying, you know, it's probably not going to be too much longer. I heard a show where that when Rush was there, he was, you know, on off and on just like the power and more off than on, uh, because he was battling and fighting and trying to, you know, stay alive and, uh, and, and rightfully so. And it was great to know that when he was back on the air and so, uh, you know, I remember listening and I just, he didn't sound like himself. He didn't sound like the Rush that you knew and loved. Um, just, you know, it was, it was close and he had said all along that he didn't, you know, he wasn't sure how much longer he had, or at least he was fighting and, you know, they kept telling him that he shouldn't be alive, uh, when he was. And, uh, I mean, it all catches up to us, every one of us and very sad, very, very sad news. I honestly can't believe that we now live in a world without Rush Limbaugh. Amazing. Um, just incredible. And I'll tell you one thing that better happen, and it better happen, like, soon. And it better be done by most nerdly himself. I want him to carry the golden EIB microphone to the Radio Hall of Fame. I mean, I, that needs to be there right now. You know, I realize we have to go through the process of the funeral and, and what have you, whatever their, whatever memorial services they're going to have for Rush. But that golden EIB microphone needs to end up maybe in just Rush's Hall of Fame. Maybe you just have a Hall of Fame built for Rush and you leave it there. But, uh, it needs to be, uh, emblazoned. I mean, the, the best line I saw, uh, remarking about the death of Rush Limbaugh was, I believe, from Mark Stein, who did a lot of fill-in work for Rush, uh, by saying, uh, talent returned to God. Just very sad, very sad news. Rest in peace, Rush Limbaugh. And our world, our world of broadcasting, you, you know, it's changed so much since Rush started and turned talk radio into what talk radio is today. And obviously we're in a new world where uh, radio is still plays a huge role. No question. Radio is still a power. But we also have podcasts like this show and, you know, thousands of podcasts and voices more than ever. More voices, the better. But the world without Rush Limbaugh in it is a mighty different world. And I hope that it's a world for the better. But right now, it certainly doesn't seem that way. Rest in peace, Rush Limbaugh. Born January 12th, 1951 in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. February 17th, 2021 dead. 
this is a retrospective that can't even begin to give you a proper retrospective dead at the age of 70 years of age you will be missed okay let's uh let's get back to chewing the fat shall we uh i don't know how i missed this but i want to apologize to you the audience for not letting you be aware that this was going on um the 13th of this month uh, of february 2021 was national cheddar day now national cheese day is june 4th which we will attempt to celebrate here on chewing the fat but national cheddar day was february 13th and on that day the tillamook county creamier creamier i can't even say it the tillamook county creamery association tcca will uh celebrate national cheddar day which of course they did and they celebrated that day it's their 112th birthday and they made available on their website <laughs> this cheddar i don't know all their products they had uh makers reserve 2010 extra sharp white cheddar for $23. They had curd lovers bundles for $48 baby loaf trio for $60 medium cheddar nail polish for $12 squeaky curds dog toy for $20 baby loaf bag for $40 cheddar lounge shorts for $38 cheddar tie dye long sleeve t-shirts for $40 cheddar tie dye sweatpants for $55 cheddar tie dye sweatshirts for $50. And I don't know, uh, I'm going to find out. I, I I went to the website for one item and one item only. I don't know if they have special fat guy sizes. We should uh, actually, we'll check on the cheddar tie dye sweatpants on the website. But I did go to the website for the mother loaf. The mother loaf. Okay. It's a 40 pound block of cheddar cheese. Man, it <laughs> looks good too. I don't know what to tell you. It looks good. But <laughs> so it's uh, aged anywhere from 60 days to 10 years to get the signature bold flavor just right. It's a 40 pound block. Now, I went to the website to see if I could still get the mother loaf because it says, you know, it's going to be, you know, quantities you know, as available, it's out of stock. You can't get the 40 pound block now. And so I know, I know, I know. So let's go back and see if I can see if they have fat guy sizes for the merchandise. And I bet, I mean, they're chewy. They eat cheese, right? Gotta be special fat guy sizes for the sweatshirts, right? Let's look at the morning. I, you know what? Let's look at the t-shirt, the $25 t-shirt. I came, I saw, I concurred. Okay. Adult unisex t-shirt quantity size. Let's choose sizes up to double X. Come on now. It's a cheese website. You kidding me? 
We need fat guy sizes. That's damn near on American to have a cheese website, not have special fat guy sizes. I'm sorry. Double X. No, I will not hear of that. Okay. Okay. All right. Last week we talked about, uh, the Mandalorian star, Gina Carano, who is, uh, you know, made their, her social media posts that were, uh, to quote Lucasfilm, uh, abhorrent, but, uh, she is no longer employed, uh, by Mandalorian studio. Okay. She's gone. Have a nice day. Uh, and also what's good news is the other day I happened to be walking along a toy aisle in a store and I noticed that <laughs> she had action figures, uh, made for her from, uh, the star Wars collection. Um, I want the, I was appall- appalled. And thankfully Hasbro has, has decided that they are going to pull those action figures. Good. Because we cannot have, uh, we cannot have that. We cannot have that. Uh, because they were sold out too quick. And now there were, there were pre-orders for the toy. And, uh, no, we cannot approve, uh, or produce any more of this figure. Are you kidding me? Okay, whatever. Whatever, fine. But did you hear the horrific news about the head of the Tokyo Olympics? Uh, The chief resigned over his sexist comments. Now, I'm going to tell you that he's apologized for them. And he said the game should continue under new leadership. So he was going to step down from the organizing committee as president from the organized committee because... He did not want to have anything, uh, you know, if it was going to bring chaos, uh, after he apologized, he didn't want that to bring bad stuff to the entire community. So he resigned. Now I'm going to tell you the horrible thing that he said. All right. So he came under pressure to resign from the Olympic committee because of a meeting of the Olympic committee, uh, last month, I think it was about a month or so ago. And he was referring to when a time when he was chairman of the Japan rugby football union. Now he's 83 years old. Okay. Been around for a long time. He should know better. Okay. Now he said in this meeting that Now, he later apologized and retracted these remarks. So, I mean, he, he, you know, somebody said, man, do you want to say that? And he was like, nah, I probably shouldn't. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And take those out of the meetings. But it was too late. It was too late. The fallout only intensified. And so he, you know, had to resign. Now, he said that... when he was chairman of the Japan rugby football union, the, that women have a strong sense of a rivalry. If one raises her hand to speak, all the others feel the need to speak too. Everyone ends up saying something. The meetings just drag on too long. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to read that horrific statement. 
from the head of the Olympic Committee. Well, he's no longer the head of the Olympic Committee. Thank you. Thank you for stepping down because we cannot have a Yoshiri Mori uh, in charge of anything after something that horrific. Am I right? Uh, thank you. I'm right. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink after even just saying those words from Yoshiro. It's just the, the horror. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, that is so good. Even on a cold day. And, you know, just as a side note, uh, Gina Carano, if you hadn't heard, announced a movie deal with the Daily Wire. So, you know, she claims that she's landed on her feet. Does the Daily Wire have uh, Disney Lucasfilm money? Not yet. But at least she's being creative and definitely uh, creating something, right? Uh, Coca-Cola. As you know, I'm a fan of Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Which I, uh, which I enjoy. Uh, they are about to test their first paper bottle. Mm. Now... Off the top, I would say, how about no? But they plan to do a test run of 2,000 paper bottles this summer to see how they perform in the marketplace with consumers. The prototype was made by a Danish company from an extra-long paper shell that still contains a thin plastic liner. Ooh, so we still have some fossil fuel product involved in the making of this paper product. Huh. So, I mean, fossil fuels still is really what we, what we count on and to make products that we use every day. So the goal, according to Coca-Cola, is to make a bottle that is 100% recyclable and plastic free. But it's not. That's the goal because they're still having it involve a thin, a thin plastic liner. So another requirement is to make sure that no parts of the container can fall into the liquid, which would change how the drink tastes. Really? And uh, nobody wants that, uh, <laughs> wants that uh, foul uh, health check as safety checks and they they go on and on in this stupid thing it's just of course nobody wants stuff to fall into their sodas you really so a coca-cola i guess has set a goal along with all these other companies that are setting goals to produce zero waste by 2030 and everything must be 100 percent recyclable and we can't count on fossil fuels but we sure as hell count on fossil fuels here in the winter when uh we had uh, windmills frozen and we had everything else frozen we're counting on fossil fuels to keep us warm nobody cares no one cares okay you mean i can't recycle that no you can't does it keep me warm when it's freezing outside? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Oh, 
Really? Yeah, that's fine. Don't worry about it. I know that Coca-Cola wants to break free from plastic, but let's, how about we just, you know, fine. You want to break free from plastic? Go ahead. But don't start messing with the product. And I know that's what they say. We don't want to uh, change the how the drink tastes. and We don't want the beverages to, you know, fall foul of health and safety checks. Oh, okay. Really? Really you think that's what you don't want? All right. Good. So anyway, uh, they're going to start with their, uh, their paper bottles. And we'll see how that works out for them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we will. Uh, it's good news, though. They are going to start this in Europe, okay? Not here in the U.S., which I'm all for, all right? Uh, the first trial bottle is going to be in place in Hungary uh, after seven years of work in the lab. And it's not going to be anything to do with the Coca-Cola. It's their product, their fruit drink, Adez, will be the first one that's going to be distributed with uh, their paper bottle through a local retail chain. So we'll see how that goes. Now, other companies have also enlisted the paper bottle making firm. I mean, this would be a good company to invest in, actually. Uh, this company is making paper bottles and all these companies are buying onto it might be a good time to buy in it's called the uh and this is this is this could be pretty pretty tough to remember the paper bottle company <laughs> so uh, you could probably get right in on that uh and it probably make a little money quick but uh don't start it here in the u.s let's see how it works out in Hungary first. Okay. A couple of headlines since we uh, last met. I see where Google will pay News Corp, the owner of the Wall Street Journal and other global outlets to use its journalism in the US, UK, and Australia. I know they were fined a million dollars. Google was fined $1.1 million or actually it was uh, 1.1 million euros, uh, as French authorities concluded that the search engine displayed misleading rankings for French hotels. <laughs> A million bucks to Google. You mean we screwed over your hotel on rankings? Yeah. All right. Here's a million bucks. Take care. Get out of here. Here's a million euros. Take care. So anyway, they were fined. I mean, for doing, you know, misleading they, they, the fine was for the actual misleading of rankings for French hotels. So, you know, what can I tell you? Facebook has now said that uh, they're going to restrict the sharing of news content in Australia. So people in Australia woke up to uh, nothing in their news feed or, you know, very little in their news feed as uh, the dispute with the government over a law required to share revenue from news. So Facebook wiped out pages from Australian state governments and charities, as well as uh, domestic and international news organizations, three days before uh, the launch of a nationwide COVID-19 vaccination program. So, okay, no problem. The, the measure was limited to Australia. So Facebook is uh, flexing a little bit, 
flex it just a little bit. We'll see what happens. I know. I know. We'll see what happens. I see where, you know, I, okay. I, I don't want to get in too much of the, the politics, but I just will say that I saw where uh, President Biden uh, and this administration said that uh, they wanted Congress to enact uh, more common sense gun law reforms, including requiring background checks on all gun sales, which we have, banning assault weapons and high capacity magazines, and eliminating immunity for gun manufacturers who knowingly put weapons of war on our streets. Okay, so we're going to pull the immunity from gun manufacturers because they make guns. Aren't these the same people that fight for social media being private companies? Oh, we can't ban. You can't go after Twitter or Facebook. Or, or you can't go after these companies. They're private companies. They can do what they want. They can, they can ban who they want. Okay, they can do that. No problem. But gun manufacturers, oh, no, no, they're not a private company at all. They make weapons of war. Okay. I mean, I know it doesn't matter. I know the hypocrisy doesn't matter at all anymore. Because if you see it, you know, you see it. And if you're the people who don't see it, or you see it and you don't want to admit it because you are happy with the way it's going. It just drives me crazy. And I see where, speaking of the hypocrisy, I see where uh, the administration, this administration under Joe Biden, uh, says that they have deep concerns about the WHO investigation into coronavirus origins. And I see where UK said that it shares U.S. concerns over WHO COVID-19 mission to China. Really? Well, isn't that sharing misinformation, Twitter and Facebook? Shouldn't that be blocked? How can we say that? Because it's already been decided, right? They've already ruled that it's not. I mean, it's just agonizing that we have to put up with all this hypocrisy. But at least we have to for now. Just like for now many federal courthouses will not allow you into the building without double masking. I mean, that's good. That's good, right? Look, you're required to either wear one disposable mask underneath a cloth mask with the edges of the inner mask pushed against your face. <laughs> a properly fitted uh, N95 or KN95 mask uh, is mandated. Okay, gaiters, bandanas, masks with valves or vents are not acceptable face coverings. Now, according to this, if you do not have the approved masks, a screener will provide one for you. <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. No one will be admitted without a proper mask, okay? You'll be dragged out of the building by your feet and told to get out. All right. Never mind that you're going to be, you know, hey, are you sick? Do you feel sick? Have you got a temperature? No. Uh, you're going to have that, but that's not good enough. Uh, you will wear a mask. Okay. <laughs> you will wear two masks, not just one, two. But then I see where the U.S. government 
has seized more than 10 million fake 3M brand N95 masks in recent weeks. 10 million. 10 million into counterfeit masks. Wow. And they've sold at least to five states, hospitals, medical facilities, government agencies. I mean, okay. Hundreds of thousands, tens of millions of 3M masks counterfeit. So you're in trouble. I mean, you have a counterfeit mask. You've been notified if you should have been notified if you were part of the plan to receive these knockoffs. Uh, stop using these masks, okay? Now, they tell you to go to 3M's website for tips on how to spot the fakes. Oh, okay. So I did that. I went to 3M's website and it talks about their uh, safeguard code on the packaging. Okay, that, that's great. So all their packages have a safeguard code? Well, no. Uh, some don't, but uh, some do. Now, if you really want to know, you can find the codes on your product and then, you know, punch them into the website here on 3M's website and then they'll record the results and they'll let you know with a yellow or red symbol that indicates your product, you know, may be counterfeit if it doesn't come up. If you don't see a code you and you still have purchased 3M products and would like more information, you should call them. They'll give you an 800 number here. And you could call them and say, hey, <laughs> you just spent all this money on uh, these on these masks. Are they yours or are they counterfeit? And hopefully they'll tell you. And then if they're counterfeit, I'm sure it's just like if you have, uh, you know, counterfeit money, they just take it. <laughs> you don't get your money back that you spent on those masks. They just take it. That's nice of the government. Look, it's for your safety. Don't worry about it. You can look, you can try to get your money back from the guy who sold it to you. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. I know even the government says, look, we know there's been a shortage of masks and just there, you know, people are trying to go outside the normal supply chain. Uh, yeah. Cause we're supposed to have masks. In fact, you are mandating in some of your buildings that I have two masks. But I'm supposed to be on the lookout for counterfeits as well. So, good luck. God bless. Hey, uh, as long as you're here, I might as well remind you to subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening to the show right now and you are not a subscriber to the show, please subscribe to Chewing the Fat. There are a plethora of platforms out there. You can subscribe to the on the one that you're listening to the show on right now. If you're not a subscriber, you go, hey, I want to subscribe to the show. Oh my gosh, I'm listening right now on iTunes. I'll subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Oh my gosh, I'm listening right now on iHeartRadio. I'll subscribe to the podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm listening on Stitcher or Spotify. I'll subscribe to the podcast on this platform. Or if your friend had you over and you were, you know, had a little Chewing the Fat listening party and you wanted to subscribe, but you don't like those platforms that he uses. You have your own special platform. You could subscribe on that too. So subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Okay? Thank you. Your life will be so much better for it. I promise. And while you're at it, you might as well subscribe to the YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat. You might as well follow me on Twitter, at JeffyJFR. You might as well follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. And I heard that Parler 
was back up and running. And apparently, they're back up and running for everyone that was already a member. And then sometime in the near future, they're going to be adding new people on their platform. So we'll see just what happens with Parler. But if that ever happens and you're already on Parler or you're going to be on Parler, that's Jeff Fisher Radio as well. And then if you want to have uh, communication with the show, (laughs) I know, you can email chewingthefat at theblaze.com. You're welcome. So I know many of you didn't see it, but CNN had a town hall with President Biden and with Anderson Cooper, which, you know, was great is the word I'm looking for. Uh, More people are probably listening to this show than watch it on CNN. But if you missed it, I wanted you to get to know. First, we had him saying that uh, he wakes up every morning uh, and rolls over and asks Jill, where are we? (laughs) And he tried to make it into a little joke. But uh, we believe that, or at least I I believe that's absolutely the truth uh, from him that he just tried to turn into a little joke. And then uh, when asked about, uh, you know, people signing up uh, for the COVID-19 vaccinations uh, and it becoming a priority for the administration, uh, the question is, are racial disparities in COVID-19 vaccinations a priority for your administration? And how will they be addressed? Well, I would like to make an argument that uh, it's already based on a false premise uh, of racial disparity. But, you know, I know it's just me. But I'll let him answer uh, that question. And then you can decide whether it was worthy or not of your belief. The, uh, the other part portion is a lot of people don't know how to register. Not everybody in the community in the Hispanic and the African-American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts, know how to use, know how to get online to determine how to get in line for that COVID vaccination at the, at the Walgreens or at, at, at the particular store. Oh, is that it? So if you live in a rural area, you know, outside of the suburbs or in the inner city, you know, outside of the suburbs, you particularly in the, uh, in the Hispanic or the African-American communities, you don't know how to get online and figure it out. (laughs) You're too dumb. So we're the government and we're here to help man. I am so happy that this man was voted into office. I really am because he has faith in all Americans. Doesn't he? Yes. Yes, he does. And he has so much faith in all Americans that the National Guard are going to be guarding the White House and the Capitol at least through the fall. (laughs) don't worry about it though because they're getting reports that you know something bad could happen and because of those reports which i would like to see by the way uh because of those reports we need our national guard 
protecting the White House and the Capitol and have that all fenced in and, and taken care of with our military, you know, at least until the fall, you know. And then we'll decide that it's going to be a lot longer than that. But instead, you know what? You're right. We probably shouldn't use the National Guard. We should probably just bring in the the regular military, you know, to guard the Capitol and the, and the White House. Because we're getting credible reports that, you know, something bad could happen. So there's that, you know. Especially after uh, the uh, impeachment acquittal of that god-awful Donald Trump. And, wow, I mean, he didn't, our president, Joe Biden, didn't uh, didn't comment too often about the process, but he definitely uh, reacted to Trump's acquittal, saying defending truth and defeating lies is how we end this uncivil war. Really? Really? Is that is that it? Well, okay, you know. I know, I know. My favorite uh, meme uh, or uh, photo, uh, funny, (laughs) Uh, since the uh, acquittal was a picture of Donald Trump on the phone. And it was a a call to Nancy Pelosi and Nancy said, hello, Uh, this is Owen. And it was Donald Trump saying, and Nancy says, Owen who? And Donald Trump says, Owen too. So incredibly stupid. I know, I know. It's just dumb. I got it. Well, we do have uh, good news, though, that uh, we talked a little bit, I think, last week about Ebola kicking back up in the DRC. But uh, we also have uh, Ebola kicking up in Guinea now. Uh, multiple people have died, and several others are being hospitalized. And so uh, it's declared an epidemic uh, in Guinea. So you've got it kicking up in the DRC and you've got it kicked up in Guinea, in Guinea on the uh, African continent. So that's good news, right? I mean, not only do we have the, you know, the coronavirus, we've got, uh, you know, <laughs> we've got Ebola kicking back up again. That's really good news. I thought anyway, but you know, maybe it's just me thinking that. And look, don't worry about that the uh, COVID-19 variants in the U.S. Remember when they said that it wasn't as deadly? Yeah, you know what? It probably is deadlier than uh, the regular uh, coronavirus, the first variant. I know, I know. And look, don't worry about it because a third vaccine shot is only going to be needed to combat the new variants. So, (laughs) you're fine, are fine. Oh, and even better news, in Russia, the scientists are trying to extract prehistoric viruses from 50,000-year-old animal carcasses frozen in the permafrost. So that's good news too, right? Because what they'll be able to get from that is they'll be able to, you know, help us. So it's for our safety. Sure, maybe not in the short term, but in the long run, I mean, we need to unlock those prehistoric viruses and get that biological material, right? Right, of course we do. Have we not seen the documentary Fortitude yet? Have we not seen that? If you haven't seen Fortitude, uh, it's up on Amazon 
Amazon Prime, uh, with Dennis Quaid. You need to watch it. I know we've talked. I know I've talked about it before on this show. It is the beginning of the Walking Dead. It's Walking Dead, the beginning of Walking Dead, the beginnings of what? I don't know. I forget how I said it. But anyway, it's the beginning of pre. It's pre Walking Dead, prior to Walking Dead, right? Something like that. Watch it. All right. And if you and you'll go, well, I don't want to watch that. I didn't like that. I, it's well worth the watch. The first season, anyway. The first two seasons, pretty good. I think there's three or four, and it got a little, a little long in the tooth as the show evolved. But the first couple seasons are really good, and it makes you think, what a good idea getting prehistoric viruses from these old animal carcasses will do for us, because. <laughs> Because uh, uh, surely nothing bad could happen, right? Surely no one will say, Oh, I wish we'd have seen that coming. No one will say that, ever. You don't have to worry about that. And during all of this, I got a new chain letter. A new one. You know, I know I've talked to you about the other chain letters that I get from uh, Reem. And uh, Reem's still sending them along. Man, Reem has sent me a couple that, uh... Uh, the subject is uh, business, business friend. Then there's one that says, uh, hello, friend. And then there's one that says, business plans. <laughs> From Reem Ibrahim El-Hashima. El-Hashimi, she uh, is the Minister of State and Petroleum. But she has 47 million U.S. dollars that she wants to share with me which is nice. But the new chain letter that I got, and if I, I would, if I'm going to respond to one of these, I'm waiting to hear back from Reem because Reem's got, I'm getting, what is it? 20% of 47 million. Okay. This new chain letter has, uh, offered me, uh, a percentage of seven and a half million dollars. So times are getting tough. Even the chain letters are getting <laughs> You'd think that the chain letters would go up in money because times are getting tough, but no, no. She wants to donate uh, $7,500,000 to me, and I'll be responsible for taking care of the disbursement and sharing of this money, and I'll get 30% of the above amount, which will be my compensation for helping her fulfill this desire of her donation. So, uh, all I have to do is, uh, she just, uh, you know, I want to know that this fund is still in the bank where my late husband deposited. As soon as I get your reply, I will tell my lawyer to change my last will to your name and file an application for the transfer of the money in your name. Lastly, I honestly pray that this money when transferred to your account will be used for this purpose, whether I'm dead or alive. Of course it would be. If I put this money into my account from you, of course I'll use it as exactly the way you wanted it. Duh. So, I mean, I'm a little disappointed, though. I mean, we're talking about, what, 30% of 7.5 million? I'm getting, what, maybe 2.5 million? Something like that? Where I can get 30% of 47 million from Reem? Which one am I going with? Really? Which one am I going with? Uh, you're darn right. I'm going with the most money. Of course. One last rest in peace for Rush Limbaugh. Uh, on a serious note, man, I, I, I'm. It's just incredible to me that this guy that's been around 
on the radio since what seems like forever uh, is gone now. And uh, that's a big shock to radio, man. A big shock to talk radio. And I hope that it turns out for the best. I hope that it turns out for the best. I hope and pray that it does. Again, I'm going to say it for the third time because maybe it'll actually happen. Turns out for the best. But it feels like it won't. Maybe that's just me. Rest in peace, Rush Limbaugh. (laughs) 